You're listening to The Plan Podcast, episode number 35. In today's show, we're going to tackle a topic that we have never really discussed on the show before, at least not directly, which is actually really surprising, politics. If just hearing the word made you tense up a little bit or feel some flashbacks, you are not alone. I think most of us have been doing everything we can to get a bit of a mental break the past couple of months. And while the 2020 election is now months behind us, it is never too early to start thinking about 2022 or even 2024, unfortunately. (laughs) If we want to continue seeing progressive change in U.S. politics, I'd argue that we not only need to be thinking about it, we need to be taking action right now. But what should we be doing? What can we do to make the biggest impact in the months and years ahead? I want to introduce you to the idea of deep canvassing and how we can take this traditional method of campaigning and utilize it to impact the masses. I've split this topic into two episodes. The first episode is going to cover the basics of deep canvassing, and I'll share some personal stories of how it's played out in my life. And then in part two, we'll go over an actionable plan for how you can start using deep canvassing to have conversations with people who disagree with you and perhaps help them understand progressive viewpoints on a wide range of topics. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to The Plan Podcast. We don't know everything, but we're putting together a plan to figure it out, one topic, an episode at a time. If your goal is to live better, do better, or be better, then this is the podcast for you. So grab your favorite pen, folks, and let's make some plans with your host, Danny Bruflot from Time is Honey. All right, Danny, let's get planning. A lot of people don't know that I'm a recovering Republican, but I am. I actually used to vote mostly Republican. By the time I was in my mid to late 20s, I was sort of voting for an array of candidates, but my thinking was pretty far from what I would call progressive. I was still kind of stuck in a very conservative frame of mind on a lot of topics. And thinking back to my opinions in my early and mid 20s, it's actually really embarrassing. It's a source of shame for me. But as they say, if you aren't embarrassed by your past, you aren't growing. And I am proof that people can change their way of thinking and even the way that they vote. And the experience of being able to change my own darn mind has helped me inform how to help others change theirs too. Back in 2016, I was pretty devastated when I found out that my dad had voted for Donald Trump. I went several months without speaking to him. And when I finally did talk to him, the first thing I asked him was, please explain to me why you felt compelled to vote for Trump. And his answer told me a story. It told me a story about the things he was worried about and the ways he felt vulnerable and the ways in which the media, disinformation and other people were impacting his opinions. Now, over the past four or five years, my dad and I have had many conversations, and I would say that now we are more aligned than we've ever really been. In fact, just this last weekend, I had a long phone call with him, and toward the end of our call, he said, oh, you know, I just finished Cast. Wow, was that ever a terrific book? She did such an incredible job of compiling that information and presenting it. Now, this is a man who voted for Donald Trump in 2016, but who now spends his Thursdays trying to inform his friends about racism, climate change, and wealth inequality while they're playing golf. So this is not about me wanting to take credit for his transformation. He did that himself. And this is my entire point with this episode. In order to get more people to think progressively, we cannot change their minds. We have to empower them with the information and tools they need to change their minds themselves. 
But admittedly, not everyone will be as easy to persuade as my dad was. He is, after all, a retiree with a master's degree in biology. He has the time and ability to educate himself. We probably can't convince, you know, every white person to sit down and read cast to gain a deeper understanding of racial injustice. So while my dad voted for Trump, his ideology has always been pretty progressive. So what about those eggs that seem a little bit harder to crack? We need to approach this from the angle of deep canvassing, but with a modern twist. And in this two-part episode, I'm going to explain exactly what that means and then how to put it into action. If you have ever gotten involved and volunteered with a campaign, you have probably heard of canvassing, right? It's the act of going into a neighborhood, knocking on doors, dropping off brochures, or maybe a free yard sign, maybe a bumper sticker or a hat, and getting people to vote for your candidate. Maybe you even help someone register to vote or find their polling place or have a couple conversations with them on varying topics. Deep canvassing takes us a step further. Deep canvassing is when you need to get someone to change their mind on a social issue, such as LGBTQ plus rights or even climate change. And research shows us that deep canvassing is the most impactful when there is a two-way conversation between people where they are able to share their own life experiences and how it relates to the issue. For example, if you knock on the door of a seven-year-old man who is not okay with gay people being able to legally marry, you might be tempted to call him homophobic and leave it at that. And while he may indeed be homophobic, it's also possible that he has just never had a reason to really care or understand the issue. So he's kind of like dug himself into a camp and doesn't really even know why he's there. So if you stop there, you've not changed his vote on the issue, but most importantly, this homophobic person still exists in the world. So a better approach is getting to the root of the issue and telling him a story. Start off by asking if he has ever felt discriminated against. He might say, yeah, you know, when I was young and trying to find work to support my family, I often felt discriminated against because I didn't have a high school degree. You now know how discrimination has impacted his life and how it made him feel, and you can respond with a story about how discrimination has impacted your life or how it is impacting a gay person that you care about. Deep canvassing is about going to people's doors or giving them a phone call and having these two-way conversations that are shown to help shift people's thinking on certain topics. But what I want to talk about today is how we can modernize this approach to campaigning in order to further progressive agendas for future elections. So I don't want to dwell on right-wing strategies, because honestly, that's a whole nother show or series of shows. But I do want to plant this seed before we continue on. So think about the ways that right-wing politics utilize methods similar to this to deep canvas and spread disinformation and also discrimination and hate leading up to both the 2016 and 2020 elections. They largely related to people with a two-way conversation. So like, oh, you know, you're struggling financially and you can't find work. Me too. You know who we should blame? We should blame immigrants. There's too many of them in this country and they are taking resources that belong to us. And so while a lot of us understand that this is very flawed thinking because there are plenty of resources to go around and our economy needs immigrants in order to function, their approach worked and it worked really well. This was largely because they scaled this method up using social media. They weren't just going door to door to have the conversation one on one. They were having these conversations on Facebook, Twitter, private forums, allowing them to reach the masses, literally millions and millions of people, persuade their way of thinking and ultimately change their vote. So my goal in this episode is to help us recognize the the opportunity that is in front of us. 
So many of us are nervous about speaking out about politics. We've been conditioned to think that it's inappropriate. A very common line is, it's not ladylike. So I want to challenge you to think about who benefits when we don't discuss politics, because it is not us. It is not the marginalized or oppressed people that benefit from political silencing. So you might be hesitant to be politically outspoken because you struggle with that or the anxiety that it creates, or maybe even just the time commitment it can require. And I think that my suggestions today are also going to help concerns like that. So stay tuned. (laughs) To help us understand what this modern deep canvassing would look like, I want to kind of tell you a story of how I became an abolitionist. So racial justice is probably one of the areas where my conservative opinions were the most entrenched up until at least a decade ago. But perhaps a bit surprisingly, it was actually the topic of racial justice that led me further into the progressive movement. So to reiterate what my point is here, the topic that I was most clinging to regarding conservative values, which was racial justice, ended up being what led me toward more open and progressive thinking on all topics. What changed my thinking was the Ferguson uprising that took place in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014. In the next segment, which will last the next couple of minutes, I will have a few different mentions of violence against Black people and just want to make sure that I say that up front for anyone who would like to skip ahead. On August 9, 2014, Mike Brown, a Black teenager, was shot and killed by police in St. Louis, Missouri. Over the next two years, I watched as the Ferguson uprising unfolded through a friend's Facebook post. That friend's name is Elle Dowd, and she is a person that I credit with deep canvassing me on the issue of police brutality and abolition, um, along with several other issues. So I watched as she marched in the streets, as she was tear-gassed and arrested multiple times, as she argued online with other white, moderate Midwesterners trying to help them understand what was happening in Missouri what she was seeing with her own eyes, how it conflicted with what was being portrayed in the media. But it wasn't actually these very visceral and real images or accounts that she was sharing that got me to shift my thinking. It was in the months and years that followed as she took me on a daily journey into the Black experience. So Elle, I should point out, is a white Midwestern woman, but she had this way of dropping like little breadcrumbs every day that just made me relate to the experience of Black people in America. And over the course of several years, got me to a point where I was more open to the fact that police brutality is real and that abolition is necessary. Dehydration impacts more than 75% of us. We aren't giving our body enough fluid to function properly, so it begins functioning at a lower level. The vast majority of us live each day with this chronic, low-grade dehydration, and it means that we have low energy, we struggle to focus, feel moody, and have a hard time with brain fog. If this sounds like you, I guess we need to be friends. (laughs) This was me 10 years ago. And finally understanding proper hydration and developing habits to support proper hydration changed my entire life. I've put together a two-week plan to help you start hydrating properly, and you can learn more about it at hydrationchecklist.com. So pour yourself a glass of water and then head over there to learn more about how I can help you get hydrated. So Elle's approach to me could have been... You don't think that police brutality is real. You're racist. But that wasn't her approach. And although this was several years ago now, some of those breadcrumbs that she dropped for me are still really vivid in my memory. I remember when she shared the story of Emmett Till, a 14-year-old black boy who was violently lynched in Mississippi in 1955 for reportedly looking at a white woman in a grocery store. 
I remember when she told me the story of Black Wall Street, which was located in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and was the wealthiest black community in the United States when it was leveled by white mobs in 1921. More than 40 city blocks were destroyed. 10,000 black people were injured and left homeless. At least 300 black people were killed. And in a report that was commissioned by the state of Oklahoma in 2001, they stated that Tulsa, Oklahoma, was the first city in America to be bombed from the air. When white men dropped homemade kerosene bombs out of airplanes onto the black businesses and homes in Tulsa. I also remember Elle sharing what took place on Bloody Sunday on March 7, 1965, when state troopers attacked unarmed marchers as they passed over the county line, marching from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama, to demonstrate their desire to vote. And these are just a few examples. There are so many of them. And although none of these things are necessarily about defunding or abolishing the police or even supporting movements like Black Lives Matter, Elle was providing me with historical context. And quite frankly, historical things that I had never really learned much about and the information and tools I needed to change my own mind. She was giving me a historical perspective that I could understand and relate to when I saw violence or discrimination against black people in the news. And over time, this helped me develop an understanding of the long history of racial violence in the U.S. and what had led up to the moment we were in. They were little stories and little breadcrumbs over time. Things that made small shifts in my thinking day to day, but added up to a transformation over time. This is what we need more of if we want to see U.S. politics reformed in a progressive vision. This is the long-form approach to combating disinformation. It is much harder to misinform and mislead an informed population. So much of progressive politics are big, complex ideas that can be really hard for some people to grasp or relate to. Why should we provide universal health care? Why should college be affordable or free? Why do we need to prioritize climate change? Why is reproductive health care important? It is really hard to sit down and have one conversation that changes somebody's mind on any of these topics. What we need to start doing is dropping those breadcrumbs, shifting people's opinions an inch at a time, because eventually that is what turns into revolution. And the best part of it is this. The very best news here is this. We don't have to go out and knock on doors. We don't have to expend time and resources having these conversations one-on-one. The same tactics that were used against us to sow division and spread disinformation and hate can be used to create an enlightened, informed, and progressive majority in America. So use the resources you have, whether it's exchanging handwritten letters or emails with one family member or a friend group chat of four to five people or posting to your personal Facebook page or Instagram story. You do not need a huge following to make a difference. If each one of us can change two or three votes in the coming years, we will have secured a progressive majority for the future. That is all it would take. I hope that the first part of this two-part series has kind of got you thinking about the ways your views have changed over the years. What things did you learn or experience that allowed you to shift your perspective? Who are the people who have given you that labor and that time and who have left you those breadcrumbs so that you could do the work and change your own mind? Are you ready to do the same for others? If you are feeling revved up and ready to learn more about modern deep canvassing, go ahead and press play on episode 36, which is also live now. And I will see you over there.
thank you for tuning in and making some plans with us today. You can find the show notes for all episodes over at planpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell someone about it by sharing this episode with them and taking a moment to rate us and review us in the App Store. Don't forget, we've got plans next week, and we will see you then.